do it. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for the many, many blessings you pour upon us each and every day. And now the blessed opportunity once again, as we are gathered here in your house to be able to get into your word. Help us to understand what we look at and help us to get that message and cherish it and also to go out and share it with others as well. We truly thank you for communicating to us in so many different ways. Thank you once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Living a joyful life. A Christian can live a joyful life. Even in the midst of the persecutions. We see the examples in the New Testament how the disciples rejoiced in that they were found worthy to suffer for serving the Lord. We see references of people even in prison that were singing hymns. Rejoicing that they were incarcerated for spreading the gospel. We see an increase of persecution around the world. Recent events in Pakistan has resulted in churches being burned and Christians' homes being burned and trashed and them being horribly persecuted in Pakistan here recently. But we have this increase of Christian persecution around the world. But even in the midst of such horrible situations or suffering, whether it be physical or financial or persecution as being a Christian, we can still rejoice. We can still be happy. We can still acknowledge what we are looking forward to for eternity, a glorious existence with the Lord for eternity. Because they say that happiness is not a state of mind. It's a state of being. You can choose to be happy. State of mind. So when you focus on what is really in the future for a born-again Christian, that can bring you happiness even in the midst of the most horrible suffering. Psalm 118, verse 24, This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it every day that He blesses us with. We need to rejoice. When we wake up in the morning, we thank the Lord. We start talking to Him. We communicate. That constant prayer, that constant communication with the Lord will keep you in the right attitude. When you submit yourself totally, like we were studying earlier in the writings of James, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. When we do that, then we can have that comfort. We can have that gift of peace and joyfulness. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 15, the writer says, Then I commended mirth. Mirth means celebration. He wanted to celebrate because he has a relationship with the Lord. Because a man hath no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry, for that shall abide with him of his labor the days of his Life which God giveth him under the sun. The Lord blesses us with things that can bring us happiness. The blessings that he pours upon us, the material things in this world that he gives Christians, the opportunities that he gives Christians in this world, so much that he makes available to us, that can bring us happiness. Too many people have an attitude of guilt when it comes to enjoying life. I think I'm a Christian, I need to suffer. 
No, you don't need to suffer. You will suffer, yes, but you don't need to suffer. You don't have to suffer. You can rejoice and you can celebrate. You can take the blessings the Lord gives you and enjoy life. As he says here, then I commended mirth. It means he's celebrating, celebrating life. That's what we need to do as Christians. When the world sees Christians, they ought to be looking at the most happy and joyous people of all. But way too many times, and look at a Christian, and a Christian is just miserable. Just, oh, is me. And that's the wrong attitude to have. Rejoice. Be happy. Rejoice in the Lord. Which is the key there. You can get distracted. You can decide that you want to rejoice in the worldly ways. And then you're in error. But when you rejoice in the Lord, then you're rejoicing in the right manner. Because you are bringing honor and glory to the Lord. You are doing things in the will of the Lord that will really bring you true joyfulness and true happiness. And that you can rejoice when you put the Lord first. That's the key. In the Lord. As we said there in Philippians chapter 4, in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It doesn't say rejoice in the Lord when everything's going exactly like you want it or when everything is just laid out and you're understanding what's happening to you and you know exactly what's going to happen and you're at peace and calm. Then rejoice. No, you rejoice all the time, even when you're confused, even when you're suffering, even when you're being persecuted, because it says always, always, constantly. In verse 5, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. That's that testimony that you have. When you allow Satan to get you down, when you allow persecutions and hardships and challenges that we face get you down and you're just miserable, the world is seeing that. They're seeing someone miserable. What are they looking at? That's what he's talking about. Let your moderation be known unto all men. It means just show the people that you are happy, that you are rejoicing even in the midst of your suffering, then you have a great testimony that you know where you're going for eternity. You know what you have to look forward to for eternity. That can bring you joyfulness. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. He's at hand. It's not going to be much longer until He comes back and we get that glorified body and we're able to be with Him for eternity. Verse 6, be careful for nothing. That means don't be overly concerned. Too many people are worrying about things. What's that they say? 80, 90% of the stuff you worry about, you can't do anything about it anyway? Be careful for nothing, but in everything, notice, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Praying about everything, this supplication means list it all, whatever it is. Whatever it is you need, whatever it is you desire, whatever it is you want, and with thanksgiving. Are you truly thankful for what you've already been blessed with? Are you truly thankful for the very life that you have, for the breath that is within you, for the heartbeat that you have, for the glorified body and the everlasting life that you have? Are you truly thankful? When you truly are thankful for what the Lord has blessed you with, that shows your gratitude to Him, and then He can take what He's given you and multiply it even that much more. But if you're not thankful, if you're trashing what He has given you, then you're messing up. 
You know, I'm thankful. And you expect He's going to give you more when you're tearing up or throwing away or wasting what He's already blessed you with, such as life itself. And what happens when you are truly thankful, when you tell Him exactly your desires? Sometimes we have desires that shouldn't be. Sometimes we have desires that we shouldn't have. But when we're in the will of the Lord, when we're constantly praying, when we're rejoicing always, then our desires will be in alignment with the Lord and bring honor and glory to the Lord and blessings to us. When we do what we're supposed to do and pray in the right way with His will in mind, more so than ours, then verse 7 kicks in. The peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That peace that comes upon you, calmness comes upon you, even in the midst of the hardest challenges, because it's the peace of God, not of ourselves. So challenge that we have to get ourselves out of the way and let the Lord come forward, to get our own attitudes our own desires and so forth out of the way and let the desires of the Lord be in us, in alignment with us, so that our desires and will is the same as the Lord. When we get all that out of the way, when we focus on the will of the Lord, when we do exactly what we're supposed to do, then this peace comes upon us that we cannot supply of our own. We cannot find it in the world. It cannot be given to you by someone else. The kind of peace that comes upon us from God and that is awesome, because as he says, which passeth all understanding. We cannot even comprehend why we are so peaceful at that moment. It's like, why am I at peace? I know I'm in the midst of a horrible challenge, but yet you can still be at peace, because it comes from the Lord. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He can help your thoughts. That peace of mind is one of the most challenging things that mankind faces is having peace of mind that can come to us from the Lord. He's finally, brethren. Now he gets into some instructions here. What are you thinking about? What are you worrying about? What is your focus day to day? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's what we get focused on. That's what we should be focusing on all the time. The wondrous, glorious things, the honest things, as he says, the just things, the pure, the lovely things. Way too many times people are so caught up in the cares of of their lives or in the cares of their loved ones' lives or in the concerns of the world, that it just makes them miserable. My brother the other day said that he had to quit watching the news for a while because it was making him so upset, miserable, because all the junk that's going on around the world. If all your input is just negative, 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 it's going to affect you. It's going to get you down. Sometimes it's best just to turn that news off. Sometimes you start hearing some bad news about even yourselves or others or the world. Sometimes just, Lord, I'll lift that up and give it to you. I'm not going to even worry about it. I'm not going to be thinking about it. And then that peace come upon you. 
He's in control, not us. Think about that. Think on these things, as he clearly puts it. What our mind, remember, happiness is a state of mind, not a state of being. Those things which we have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. Now here he's talking about, this is Paul writing to the church at Philippi. Paul had an awesome testimony of how all the challenges he went through. He's still praising the Lord through all of it. Horribly tortured, going through some terrible stuff, but still a good testimony. He's seen in me, do and the God of peace shall be with you. Do what he was doing. He's telling us how to do it, focusing on Jesus Christ, focusing on the beautiful things that he has provided us with. We don't have to worry about our substance. We don't have to worry about that as he taught us over in Matthew chapter 6. Picking it up in verse 25 where he's teaching about substance in life. It reads, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. But your heavenly Father doth feed them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his statue? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Now this not taking any thought is being overly concerned with, like Paul was teaching in the writings to Philippi. Don't be worried about them. It reads, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. He knows exactly what we need. He knows our thoughts before we even have them. He knows our desires. And you might think, well, why should I even bother to ask for him if he already knows it? Because in our asking, it shows that we have faith and trust that he can give us what we're asking for. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, the substance that we need to function in this world. He knows we need that. And what are we supposed to do as truly born-again Christians? Verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seeking that kingdom of God. Seeking that relationship with the Lord. Being a part of the family of God. That should be our focus, our desire. And His righteousness. Not our righteousness, but His righteousness that He clothes us with. And all these things shall be added unto you. Let's read that again. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things, which is all the substance things that he was talking about there. All the things that we need to live a God-glorifying life in this world, in this realm. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. 
focus on what opportunities and challenges that we have in this day. Keep your eyes on that. And also focusing on the will of the Lord for your life. Acknowledge that you are a born-again Christian indwelt with the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost being within us if we truly listen to Him, if we truly submit ourselves to the will of the Lord, not gag the Holy Ghost and set Him in a back seat and we take over and we drive in our vehicle of life ourselves. No, you're going to wind up in a ditch. You let Him come forward and take the driver's seat and you in the passenger seat and keep your mouth shut and listen to Him. And what happens? Galatians chapter 5 When we truly are tied in and listening to the will of the Lord and receiving the blessings of the Lord, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, in the Spirit. It means in the will of the Spirit, in the guidance of the Spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. That's that tug of war, that battle that Paul writes about. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. When you're double-minded, as James was teaching us about earlier, then you're not in alignment with the Lord. You're just back and forth. And it's not going to work out to your benefit. But if ye be led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, rivalings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the world out there. Don't be like the world. Too many churches these days are trying to be worldly so they can be appealing to the world. They're blowing it. Verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit. If you're a truly born-again Christian, you are a fruit tree bearing fruit provided by the Holy Ghost. This fruit is for the benefit of those around. The fruit that is on a fruit tree isn't there for that tree. It's for something else or someone else. So we bear fruits to benefit others as these are demonstrated here. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. When we have that true love, when we do like the Lord taught us to love God with all your existence and love others as yourself, when we truly do that, we're bearing the fruit of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost in us. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, There you go. We will have joyfulness. We will live a joyful life when we're in touch with the guidance of the Holy Ghost. That is one of the fruits. Peace. That peace that passed it all understanding that he told us about earlier. Long-suffering. That means patience. Challenging, yes, but patience. Gentleness. Gentleness toward someone else. Goodness. Faith, that goodness and faith, that goodness comes from the Lord, His righteousness, that faith in the Lord will be displayed. If you lack faith, ask for it. He'll give you more. He tells us that. Meekness, like we spoke of earlier, that's power under control, your influence on others around you. 
Temperance. Don't be flying off the handle. No, you got that under control. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. That means we kill off that, we leave that aside, we depart from that. It's dead and gone, mortified as he says. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. An issue and a concern that was going on and a problem that was going on there in Galatia. When you have that envy, you have that covetousness, you have that strife, like we studied earlier, it comes up. But we've got to know that the only way to have the fruits is to be tied in. You have to be connected. You can't go out and cut the branch off of a fruit tree or a vine off of the, the grapevine and expect it to start bearing fruits. Not going to do it as the Lord taught us in his parables over in John chapter 15. The Gospel of John chapter 15, where the Lord speaking of himself and us, the Lord says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. When you have a fruit tree or a vineyard, you go out and you trim off the suckers, they call them, or the areas that are drawing nutrients and distracting, and you need to cut that off. It's the purging, it's the pruning. And then the rest of the vine or the tree benefits more and produces more fruit. We need to let the Lord look at us. Is there something in our lives, a behavior, an attitude, a desire that needs to be removed, that needs to be cut off and severed from us, removed, taken away? We need to ask for that pruning, that purging. Sometimes it's a little painful, but it needs to be done in order to be as fruitful as we have opportunity to be. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. If you want that joy, if you want that peace that comes from the Lord, you have to stay connected to the Lord. I am the vine, ye are the branches. And he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. We can't even take a single breath. We can't have a heartbeat. It's all coming from the Lord. It's all by His grace, His mercy. He allows us to even exist. If any man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Talking about the final judgment. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. You ask, it'll be done. When you're in His will, Herein is my Father glorified. Notice. He gets the glory, not us. Got to do it the right way, the right attitude. That ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. That's the key, keeping His commandments. 
These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Full joyfulness, a joyful life, living a God-glorifying joyful life no matter what the situation is. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Loving one another is so important that we acknowledge that and do that. It's difficult at times, sure it is, when they persecute you, when they hurt you in any way, when they say horrible things against you. Sometimes it's difficult, but we're supposed to have that kind of love. He tells us if we want forgiveness, we need to be forgiving. Those two great commandments that I mentioned earlier, as he says over in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Notice, mind. Going back to that mind again. Having the right attitude. Having the right mind. When you truly and totally put God number one in your life, thinking about Him all the time, this is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. We told us back over there in John chapter 15, these things I have spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full when we keep his commandments. It's like I said back in verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So if we want the full joyfulness that is available to us that comes from the Lord, we need to keep his commandments to love him and to love others. Then we'll have that joyfulness. Then we'll be able to rejoice evermore. As he tells us over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice evermore. Not just every once in a while. Rejoice evermore. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. When you wake up in the morning, you start praying. You don't quit praying until you fall asleep. In everything, give thanks. It doesn't say in all the wondrous blessings that you receive, in all the good times, in all the wondrous fun things you're going through, then give thanks. No, in everything, give thanks. Even those challenges, those challenges that build us stronger and stronger, give us experiences that then we can relate to when other people are going through those challenges. Give thanks for those. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit. See, when we listen to the Spirit, when we quench the Spirit, we don't get those fruits. We don't get the blessings. But when we listen to Him, we get those fruits and blessings. Quench not the Spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I... Pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Preserved blameless. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. He called us into the ministry. He called us to be missionaries, every one of us, disciples, every one of us, teachers, preachers, in some way or form. Every one of us has a separate circle of influence. Let's use that circle of influence to help them Use that to share the love of Jesus Christ. Shine His love. Excuse me. Shine His light and share His love in that circle of influence. 
Because that's the opportunity he gives us, the Great Commission. When we do that, when we truly put him first, when we truly acknowledge what he has done for us and share that love, then we're fulfilling those two great commandments. And we'll have joyfulness. We'll have that peace that passeth all understanding. And that's available to us. So rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. We have constant communication with the Lord. He can comfort you through all those challenges, even right up to the moment of the worst persecution, even your execution for being a Christian. You can still be rejoicing, which would be an awesome testimony to those around, even those that are in the midst of persecuting you. It might be the very thing that helps them turn to the Lord and get forgiveness. Challenging, yes, but it is available to us by the power of God. His will, His righteousness, His joyfulness that can be upon us. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 4, These things write we unto you that your joy may be full. That it may be full. It can be full when we truly are tied in, truly prayed up, truly listening to the will of the Lord in our lives. Stay prayed up, ask for forgiveness, get it washed in the blood, get it taken away as far as the east is from the west. That peace, that calmness comes upon you. No matter what you're facing, we can live a joyful life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for everything, even the challenges that we face. And those challenges seem to be on the increase in the world today. A lot of increased persecution around the world. It seems to be getting darker and darker out there, but we rejoice in knowing that your light will shine that much brighter, and we thank you for shining that light through us. Let us all go out and be the beacon to shine the light so that others can see that pathway to come to you and get forgiveness and be living a joyful life. Thank you so much as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.